Hello everyone, my name is Carrie Schultens, and I play Jalaris Farhart on Dice Tales Live. Though tonight, I will be playing a slightly different character. Only slightly. Real quick before we get going here, I just wanted to throw a quick shout out to our wonderful sponsors and friends of the show. First of all, we have GamingPaper.com. If you play TTRPGs and don't know who these guys are, put them on your list immediately. Again, GamingPaper.com. They have all kinds of wonderful products, including both isometric and squares gaming paper, like actual map paper. They also have wet erase paper and these wonderful like puzzle tiles that allow you to write out a map, break it down, and then put it back together again. So if you want to make up your map ahead of time, take it apart, stack it up, it fits nice and neat in a backpack, and then put it together when you're with all your friends, you are obviously welcome to do that with this product. And it's uh, terrific. We use it all the time. Another of our awesome sponsors we have is Character Case. These guys, you got to check them out on Amazon. It's Helpful NPCs, and the name of the product is Character Case. You have this hard case like a Trapper Keeper, and inside are segmented spaces for your dice and your minis and your pencils and your character sheets and anything you could possibly need for your TTRPG. You can keep it right in your character case. It's safe, it's dry, and it's all in one place because if you've ever played a TTRPG, you know that that kind of stuff just runs wild in your backpack. Again, check these guys out. Helpful NPCs. They make the character case. We all have one. We love them. And we think you guys will love them too. So again, check them out. Another awesome friend of the show, we have Sirenscape. You're going to hear us using their wonderful sound sets throughout our show. Their music, their sound effects, all of that stuff you're going to hear is Sirenscape sound sets. They are terrific at what they do. They are terrific people. And you guys definitely, definitely should check them out and add that level of richness, complexity, and depth to your game as well. And last but not least, we have Hero Forge. We wanted to thank Hero Forge for allowing us to use a lot of their art in our promotional materials. Hero Forge is probably a name you know if you have been around tabletop gaming at all. But if you didn't already know them, HeroForge.com. They have wonderful minis. They have awesome uh, mini creating tools. And uh, they have been terrific for us. So thank you very much to Hero Forge. Check them out. And last but not least, if you start to like what you hear during this podcast, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, all of the platforms. We are Dice Tales Live. If you follow us on there, you can find more information on how to buy our t-shirts, mugs, dice pouches, and uh, all our other stuff, and how to support Dog Story Theater, who we are still supporting, because that's where we got our start, and that's what we like to do. And without any further ado, we have a little bit of an interesting one for you guys tonight. We had a contest back when COVID-19 first hit, trying to get the energy up and try to figure out some other thing we could do besides continuing the main campaign, and we decided to do a series of one-shots. And one we decided to do was an investigation into the backstory of one of our main campaign characters. We had our fans vote on who they would like to see, and they picked Callista, our wonderful tiefling ranger. So we decided to build on her backstory and figure out what kind of person she was before she joined the main campaign Dice Tales crew. 
So without any further delay, we want to invite you to enjoy this very special Dice Tales Live one-shot. Callista, a shot in the dark. Enjoy. Heck yeah. All right, so with that, uh, we're going to start getting into things. Just a reminder that this is the other um, gift that we have in exchange for hitting that fundraiser goal. We had you guys vote on which member of the regular Dice Tales campaign you are interested in seeing their backstory explored via a one-shot. And the votes went to Callista because you guys are either really goth or just really, really like dark, depressing things or just want to watch <laughs> us suffer or all of the above. But we're excited to do this and see where it goes. So <laughs> Spoilers, Callista makes it out somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert, Callista lives. Spoiler alert, Callista lives through this uh... one. I know, shocking. Last words. Plot armor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. I think that is everything. So in this case, thank you, Barb. Then we are going to begin Callista, a shot in the dark. The ancient sprawling city of Erebar, capital, capital of Chandep, is a city known for its military might and the many companies of mercenary forces stationed there. Ironic, perhaps, that beneath the city's clean, well-maintained exterior lurks a powerful criminal underbelly, one that perhaps strikes closer to the true character of Chanda's state of fallen glory, grasping ambition, hard-nosed practicality, and an appreciation for ruthless efficiency mark the most prominent of these organizations, and none more than that of the Steel Brotherhood, Led by Lucian Greycastle, the Brotherhood has managed to snake a finger into most criminal enterprises in Erebar. Murder for hire, smuggling, protection schemes, and bribery serve as the tip of a far-reaching iceberg, led by the glacial Greycastle himself, arrogant, impassive, and untouchable in no small part due to the reputation of his daughter, Callista. Trained as a weapon from the time of her birth, Lucian's daughter bore the outward marks of her mother's fiendish nature, and he worked to instill in the tiefling a recognition of the fact that she had been born dark, and that from that darkness within herself, there was no escape. Our story begins inside the Grey Castle Guildhall, headquarters to the Brotherhood. While on the streets outside, murmurs of an impending civil war race through the streets. Inside here, it's business as usual for the hardened lieutenants of the Brotherhood. In the interior courtyard, lined with a peculiar sooth tree, whose gray bark branches grow practically horizontally, intertwining with each other to create an impenetrable wall along either side of the yard. An arrow whizzes through the air, landing shy of the mark on the circular target board hanging from one of the trees, pocked with many holes from being so oft used. Carrie, would you please describe your character? Tessara is an elf, uh, tan-complected, 
um, and quite notably missing an eye, which she covers up in kind of a last ditch attempt at vanity. Um, she wears very light armor. She carries a bow as well as a rapier um, and always has on her countenance an expression of either total stoicism or raging anger, like everybody is one wrong word away from a fight. All right. And as your arrow hits off from the mark, twanging into the board, damn it. You would see just, yeah. that there's somebody entering and crossing the courtyard. Liz, would you describe yourself? Uh, well, I'm a pretty, uh, well, okay, so teal skin, I'm a late teen, you can kind of tell I'm late teens, um, I have a tail, forked, a tail with a point on the end, I do have horns, um, long, long, dark black hair pulled back in a ponytail, wearing almost all black, black pants, black boots, um, with some, like, leather straps holding on, holding some daggers on my thighs, um, I have a quiver on my back, and I'm carrying a bow in my hands. You see her crossing the courtyard towards the targets where you stand, Tess. I pull the arrow out before she can see that I missed, and I get like a real quick like peck right Calista, into the- Calista, make a perception check. <laughs> can I make a sleight of hand? Yes, you may. <laughs> <laughs> I got a 16. Okay, you've managed to get it out before she sees. Calista, practicing? Oh, yes, certainly. Trying always to get better. Some of us actually need it. Some of you do. Well, what do I owe this pleasure to a meeting with the heiress? I live here. I am just walking through. Mm. Care to practice? friendly competition. I am, uh, I am on my way somewhere, but perhaps next time. Tess, mm -hmm. you can make a diplomacy check or an intimidate check, depending on how you would like to do it. <laughs> I, uh, diplomacy, probably. I got a 12. Okay. Uh, make a will save then, Callista. <laughs> it is uh -huh. difficult to resist that target hanging across the way, marked with so many of your arrows as it is. It won't take you much time, um, unless you're afraid you would lose. <laughs> All right, perhaps my errand can wait a little bit. I go over to where I was shooting from before and I line up for a shot. I care to make it uh, interesting. A little gold on it. A little gold on it. You're on. Hmm. How much? How does 50 sound? Fine. <laughs> uh, I line up for a shot. Okay. Go ahead and roll your attack. Uh, that's a, well, it's a 15 to hit. Okay, a 15 is a, is a really solid mark. So your arrow whizzes through the air and hits 
very close like on the inside of the target it's it's right on that line between the middle of the target and the next um circle out so it still could count as you hit the middle how far away from the target are we uh at this point you guys are 40 feet all right i step up to the line and draw my bow Twenty-two. <laughs> I look at her as I release the arrow. And as her eyes cut away from you, Tess, the arrow going through the air, somehow managing to knock your arrow out, uh, mm. even before it lands closer to the, the dead center of the mark. And then, Callista, you hear your father's voice in your head, saying words he's said to you often. Shoot straight, eyes on the target. <laughs> but you couldn't resist this little bit of looking her right in the eyes, and she did it. Damn it. And I say under my <laughs> breath, and then I, I drop a pouch of gold in the dirt. I say, perhaps if uh, we all had the equipment that Daddy Dearest gives you. You can blame it on the bow all you want. I believe I will. Perhaps Good you day. And at that moment, um, somebody actually pushes the doors open that lead up the steps into the, the main gathering room of the guild hall on the other side. And you would see a 16-year-old half-work coming down the stairs, one you know well. His name is Ogan Song. He has cropped wavy silver hair and golden eyes that are quite striking for a half-work and grayish skin, a very muscular build. And uh, you both know him very well. Tess knows him even better because he often tries to get a moment to speak with Tess whenever he can. But at this moment, his eyes seem fixed on Callista as he's making his way down the stairs and he gestures to her from the steps. I will walk over to him and uh leave the bag of gold in the dirt. <laughs> and as you get closer to Ogan, he would say, your father's been, um, he's been asking if you were back. He'd like to speak to you as soon as he can. Very well. And then he do just I over, steps, do I over steps back. He's not trying to be quiet. So yes, you can easily hear all of that. Uh, and he, he clearly gives Callista a berth to go past him up the stairs. Like he mm. doesn't want to be too close to her. Uh-huh. And just watches her. I notably get a little closer to Ogan and I <laughs> kind of put my hand on his shoulder and I'm like, the rest of us need to practice. Why don't you go to your very important meeting, Callista? I don't look back. I just keep walking. Right. Up the stairs you go. And uh, Ogan, who is, is still standing next to you and you've got your arm on him here. As soon he, as uh, she's gone, I take my hand <laughs> off his shoulder. He that sort of was... looks down at where your hand just was and says, uh, uh, how are you today, Tess? I'm great. I'm practicing. What do you want? Nothing. Nothing. Never mind. You can tell you're in a mood and <laughs> so doesn't want to engage. And he says, uh, you should come in. We're uh, having a game. Sure. And I pick my gold up off of the dirt and like put it on my belt. Okay. 
Meanwhile, moving inside into the common room, uh, the doors that you go through, Callista, are marked with a familiar sigil of a dagger upright with a viper twining up it, a mouth open, fangs extended in mid-strike, the mark of a steel brotherhood. As you push the doors open, you would hear the sounds of conversation inside, where three other members of the Brotherhood are gathered in the common room here. So why don't we begin with, I'll go in order right here. Chuck, can you describe your character for us and what uh, you are doing? Yep, yep. Uh, <laughs> so you see before you a kind of tall human uh, with a great big orange beard, uh, slightly balding because he's older. He's got an eye patch. He's missing one leg. Uh, he's got a peg leg and there's a, a macaw on his shoulder and he's just uh, hanging out telling a story to whoever will listen. <laughs> and whoever will listen, whether they want to be or not, that would be Mortimer and Slick Lou. So Russ, why don't you describe your character? All right, you see before you a a human, uh, kind of short, five foot five, uh, skinny, almost skeletal with pallid skin, uh, and silver blue sunken eyes that seem to like be a little bit too open and kind of stare into your soul every time he makes eye contact with you. His meticulously slicked back. Uh, black hair and a huge grotesque burn scar down the whole right side of his face. He's sitting down and clacking his fingers together with two prosthesis middle finger and his uh, um, ring finger. Uh, And he just looks like he has like a permanent skull like just talking to people is such an inconvenience. Um, And he's wearing a studded leather apron and uh, you could see a bunch of like bottles and pouches around his belt. And for the more perceptive people, you could see a little lump on his right shoulder. And Brad. Um, Slick Lou is about three feet tall, three and a half feet tall. And he is a reddish brown skinned kobold. Um, He's wearing a a black knit cap through which his spikes stick out through crudely cut holes. Um, Of his four main fangs, one of the bottom ones is missing, and the alternate top one has been replaced with a a gold fang. He's wearing a a black uh, leather jerkin that's sleeveless, a shiny gold chain around his neck. He has a black onyx ring on one finger. Uh, and a belt that is just covered in little pouches and satchels. And he is seated at the table. There are six daggers in front of him and he is cleaning them meticulously before disappearing them into various pockets where they can no longer be seen. All right. So Callista, you walk in on them as Barney. What kind of story are you currently telling? So I was hot on the chase, looking out at that great white shark. And I was catching him, and I was catching him. And all of a sudden, I turn round and see a giant turtle on my trail. 
So he's that kind of story. That's kind of story. <laughs> <laughs> that kind. You know, like you do. That's what you hear, Calista, okay. as you're walking through I don't room. break stride. I kind of give them the side eye as I walk past, especially Barney. <laughs> then I kind of roll my eyes and uh, keep walking. So the three of you would notice her walk by, and you would notice her not stop at all to give you the time of day remotely as she heads towards the doors to Lucian's receiving hall. I forgot one detail. Flick <laughs> oh Lou's tail sticks out behind him, and about six inches from the end, it's bent as if it has been broken horribly and healed incorrectly. Not that that really matters at all, but just for the full visual. I like it. We got it now. Okay. So, Calista, you're going straight for the door. So the doors open up, and you head inside. And moments later, Tassinogan will enter the room. And Ogan will say, yeah, we were going to get a game of darts going, if you'd be interested. If anybody is brave enough to play darts against me, and I hold up. Ah, somebody will do darts. Lou, Lou, you good at darts, aren't you? I've been known to uh, throw some darts every now and then. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Who's was asking? (laughs) Uh, Me, Tess, we were wondering if you'd throw some darts with us. Yeah, I could do that. Not a problem. And he kind of side-eyes towards the door where Callista went. You guys can make a sense motive check if you would like. Sure, why not? Nine. Uh, You're too angry. I'm already thinking <laughs> about angry. my victory in darts to end <laughs> the wound. Fifteen. How much, Mortimer? Fifteen. Ooh, and Barney? I did get a nat 20, so... <gasps> oh! Okay. Mortimer, you notice this, and Barney picks up quite a bit more about it. Um, but you would notice that Ogan seems a little off. He is nervously looking in the way that Callista left. And Barney, you... You're an old soul who's been around here a while. You know how things go. You know that Ogan has had his eye on Tess for some time and is very interested in her. And you know that there's a lot of bad blood between Tess and Callista. And so he seems to be trying to put Tess at ease about what just happened or some things to make her so she won't be so upset. So something must have just gone down between them and he doesn't want her to be embarrassed by having it come up. (laughs) Use your words carefully, Chuck. <laughs> As he goes to gather up all the darts out of the board. Did anybody Tess else takes catch a drink that? of <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, what were you talking about, Bonnie? I I tend to tune you out. I I could just see something in Tess's eyes. Something that looked complex and hard to explain. Well, she's only got the one, so I don't know what you was <laughs> Thank you for pointing out the dreadfully obvious. Once again, Slick Lou. <laughs> and uh, Ogan turns around, he hands darts out to everybody here. Uh, I, I prefer right. to be the red dots, if that's all right. It's fine. Uh, uh, and he leans towards Tess and he goes, which one's the red one? 
As I, you know, I, he's colorblind. He's colorblind. Oh, it's a <laughs> I hand him. I hand him the red the the red ones into his hand, which okay. I already had, and I was like, he swaps them out and he hands them over to Lou. Thank you. I yeah, of course. Do you always first. just get the? Do you just get the red darts because they match your aesthetic? No, it's because red's my lucky color. Let's see how lucky it is. And uh, he's going to go ahead and throw first. So it's just a ranged attack, which will be your base attack plus your dex mod for this. Mm -hmm. And he got a whole six. So his dart goes outside the board on the wall, which is also littered with holes from many such mistakes. I kind of smirk at him and I throw my dart and I don't even look at the board as I'm doing it. I got a nat 20. <laughs> yeah, and I uh, wonder who you're thinking of as you throw it without looking at it. And I, it goes like a little deeper into the board than it probably should, but- You can imagine you know. her face like uh, printed mm -hmm. on, a, on a paper. Mm -hmm. makes, it, makes it a little better. Yep. You guys yep. would all see that. Tess is usually more of a dead eye when she's angrier, so. <laughs> dead eye. It's perfect, yeah. And then I just kind of keep, I just like turn to Slick Lou. He will look and kind of stick his tongue out through the, the missing hole of where his fang is as he aims. <laughs> and I rolled a 22. Oh, nice. All right. What was yours total then, Tess? Mine was 20, 20. 26 total. Okay, so hers is still more impressive, but you still get a dang good, it's like, the bullseye. setter it's bullseye. The triple 20, it's fine. Exactly. <laughs> you don't do it without looking, but it's still awesome. All right. And Ogan's like, yeah, see, we're having fun. This is fun. I kind of, I, I want to sense motive, Ogan. Can I do that? Okay. Yes, you can. It'd be more fun if we put money on this game. Fudge. Ah, I got an eight cents motive. Ah, he rolled very poorly. Got a four. So yeah, you can pick it up now. You you kind of get the vibe something's off. He's not just trying to have a fun evening. I'm kind of like almost ready to throw another dart and then I just like stop. And I'm like, what's wrong? Uh, nothing. Why? Ogan, what is wrong? Well, what did I, what did I walk in on out there? Uh, mm, if I'm being very honest, Callista taking advantage of all of her gifts from her father. Again. Always. We you gonna know, gab or we gonna play? Well, you know, th this is this is important. You know, yeah. Julie and I were just talking about this, and Be Bess was bringing it up too. It's the same thing. You know, we've been trying to get better armor, and Lucian tells us we don't have it. He's got so much money, we have it. And then look what she's walking, I just saw her walk through here, you see what she's wearing. Yes, and then she has the gall to look at us and say that we are inferior. I mean, you guys, you guys see it too, right? We're not crazy. He looks at the other three. I make an intimidation check on all <laughs> three of them, please. All right, they all have to make will saves against your roll. <laughs> it might hit. You guys have a good, real good chance here. I got a 14. Natural right. 20 for a 20. <laughs> yeah, you're such a brave little care. guy. <laughs> he doesn't care. What did Barney and Mortimer get? We'll save. I was muted. Eight. Six. 
Okay. Both of you uh, are a little intimidated by Tess. She's, she's a little unhinged once in a while, you think, so it'd probably be better to just agree with her. Yes. <laughs> yes, of course. I could, I, could, I could definitely use more for my resource. Ha-ha, <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. I mean, personally, I think I'm as a bit overrated, and frankly, up, the best second story <laughs> man that the uh, Brotherhood's ever seen. So, I don't Lou. know. You guys keep complaining. I'll make a Ogan goes to throw another dart, but he crit failed, and uh, it's actually as Lou was going to pull his dart out, and it hits Lou in the back as he's heading over there. <laughs> <laughs> so it also manages to cut off what he's saying right now. But... Totally uh, on purpose. And Hogan's just like, uh. <laughs> lucky oh. color, huh? Red is your lucky color. Luck <laughs> is an illusion. Armor, armor would have helped with that. <laughs> He's right. Find it too um, restricting. All right, well. Stern's the same. She gets the training. She gets everything. She gets the spoils. Everything. But, but you know what and I've been hearing? I've been hearing from Bess is that she's up to something. And he sort of sits on the table, or like near the table, and gestures for you guys to get closer. Huddle. Casting Huddle another nervous look towards the doors. As, as Lou is walking over, he's going to cast Mage Hand so that the hand can go around and pull the dart out of his back that he couldn't reach. <laughs> He's like, ah. As well as pull the rest of the darts off the board so that he can <laughs> throw them while they're sitting and listening. Awesome. <laughs> and he says, we think she's got some kind of secret. There's gotta be some chink in that fancy armor of yours. Tess, I think you should see if you can figure out what it is. It would be my pleasure. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Meanwhile, inside of the room, Callista is heading in to meet with Lucian. When you head into the receiving hall, the long hall where he will usually talk to all members of the Brotherhood, you would find that he isn't there, which means the only place he can be is in his private office, which is beyond the door at the other end. Is that door closed? The door is closed. I go up and I, uh, I knock twice on the door. There's barely a breath before your father's voice cuts through and says, enter. I silently open the door and walk through and shut it behind me. Okay. And I just stand there and look at him. All right. You slip inside of his office and you would see that he is already standing and he's got his back to you. Lucian Greymark is a, a towering man who seems almost to be cut from granite in some ways. You can see his dark black hair beginning to streak with some silver at the temples, but somehow that only makes him look more intimidating and a dark goatee as he turns in profile, pulling up a drink. His usual glass of Sailun Glowfire, which has a slight luminescence to it. An aromatic wine 
conscious images of summer breezes as it fills the room. I stand with in, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. He's dressed in blue and gold half plate with a ruff of white fur around the dark gray cloak that he sports. And he waits for you to speak. Um, I stand with my my hands clasped in front of me and my head slightly bowed. Um, and I just say, it is done. And he takes the glass and very slowly sips it. And finally he sets it down. And only then does he turn to look at you, regarding you with cold eyes. I want your report. Kingbridge had hired probably double the guards we thought he had. He uh, was apparently unintimidated by the message that we sent last week. Foolishly. His eyes narrow a bit at that. I do not know what he was paying them, but whatever it was, it was far too much because evading them was like child's play. <laughs> Next time, find me a hard assignment. He gives a humorless smirk at that and then turns back placing both hands on the smoke cart. They managed to get in and out without killing any of their guards. They did not even know I was there. Kingbridge, of course, knows I was there. But he will never know anything again, so. You're sure there'll be no more problems? Unless he somehow comes back from the grave. Possible. What did you do with the body? I left it as a message, minus its head. Very well. And he stands again and walks around the desk. And you would see that text lay sort of strewn across the desk uh, in various languages. You know Lucian to be an avid reader and a practiced linguist, always studying other languages, all the better to extend the reach of the Brotherhood. There's a fancy crossbow mounted on the wall behind him, but he actually walks over to where he has a glass case sitting on the wall through which there is a few branches and leaves and you would see the slithering shape of a snake wind its way through the branches. And he sort of holds a hand up in front of the glass, not touching it and the snake turns its head, its tongue slowly extending, sniffing the air. Hmm, he says. I have another task for you already. As you command. Not yet. Take an hour and return. I need you in top shape for this. Very well. I will Why do you stand there? Go. I will return in an hour. And I turn and leave. Okay. 
He does not look at you again as you head out of the doors. All right. You're I uh, glance back over my shoulder, kind of as I leave. Mm-hmm. Before before I'm in sight of anyone else. Like as I'm getting back out into the receiving chamber. And yes. then I look back forward and I leave. You are alone in that moment to look back at the doors, which close behind you. And then you walk out and see this group of people all sort of gathered around the table. <laughs> And as as you walk in, like Ogan sits up, and he just sort of throws his arm back over his chair, and he's like, "Hey, get get the darts. Let's do another round." <clears throat> Agreed. Let's do another round. Do I like Luke and lose again? <laughs> do I sense that they were in the middle of something that they rapidly ended when they saw me? <laughs> Make a sense motive check. Hogan gets a nat 20 bluff, so I guess he is God, he's so smart for <laughs> How many, so some of these folks are humans, right? Yes. Barney is. So I have a bonus against, I have a bonus against humans for sense motive. Barney and Mortimer and is also human. Oh. Mm-hmm. Despite rumors to the contrary, he's a human. <laughs> <laughs> Humanish. So- Against the non-humans, it's a 19. Against the humans, it's a 21. Okay. So you guys can roll your bluff checks to see how good you are at uh, hiding what was just going on here. I got a 12 only for bluff. We'll do uh, successes versus fails. So now they have evened out because Ogan succeeded. 10. It's a fail. 18. It's a fail, right? Callisto, what'd you get? Yeah. And Barney? I, I did, in fact, get another Ooh. 20. Oh. I got two nat 20s in there. So, Callista, you think something was going on, but you don't necessarily pinpoint it as being about you or that shady. There's a lot of shady things that get talked about in this brotherhood of evil shady people. So That's what it says on our jackets. <laughs> shady. The, the brotherhood shady of evil people. shady people. Because you, know, <laughs> you do. <laughs> We're gonna go fight the sharks later today. Okay. I'm going to close the uh, receiving room door behind me, and then I'm going mm-hmm. to just kind of step to the side and cross my arms and lean against the wall and just watch them impassively. Okay. <laughs> and uh, Ogan is going to do another round of darts here, so he get another nat twenty bluffs or, or will save here. He's just. Not deterred by Callista's presence. He's just going to pretend that this is what we were doing. Because we were. It's true. All right, Lou, you got to make up for uh, me me doing that to you there. Sorry, you can go first. All right. I'm Callista, gonna say- you, wanna, you want in on this? No, thank you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> of course she doesn't. She's afraid she would lose. Clearly, I lose all the time. Uh, that's going to be another 22. Okay, another really great bullseye from Lou, who is proving he is very slick, indeed. And then Ogan will get an 8, so once again, he's barely hitting the outside of the board. I got so a 25. So good. And then you show everybody up again, Tess. And I throw it harder than I threw the last one. Okay. It's easy to notice that, Callista, um, so you can make a perception check. Um, 15. 
15, yeah, you hear that really like noise of it digging in there and it vibrating for a second extra hard. I just smirk at her. <laughs> Callista, if you're not going to play, perhaps you should go somewhere else. I don't like being watched particularly. I think She's I will go on the back side. She wouldn't be able to tell anyway. <laughs> I will go wherever I please. Is Where that so? Wherever you please. I suppose this whole place is yours, isn't it? Everything in it is yours. What a nice life it must be for you. I say nothing. I turn around and keep throwing darts. Okay. Anybody else doing or saying anything? I got a 20 on my next dart throw. Nice. What are Mortimer and Barney doing over there? So Mortimer is... Uh, uh, go ahead, Chuck. So I turn to Mortimer and I'm like, so there <laughs> I was, staring <laughs> right in the face of the Karakin. And he was coming at me, and then he bit my leg off like it was a snack. I thought you said a turtle bit your leg off. No, it was a kraken. That was a completely different story. Incredible, Barney. And he's just going to start writing in a journal. And Ogan, like, turns away from the board where he was about to throw probably terribly again. And he says, you can't expect us to keep them all straight, Barney. It's like a news story every morning and then night again. I, I can't remember all these. Yes, there are plot holes and inconsistencies <laughs> all the time. I seen it with my one good eye. <laughs> yes, I'm sure. As we're still playing, I say, so Callista, what did daddy have to say? My conversation with my father is private. It's, uh, <sighs> it's classified. Mm. It's pedestrian. I turn to, to Ogan and I say, it's classified. Oh, yeah, that's, I get classified meetings with Lucian all the time. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> Perhaps someday you will earn his trust as well. Working on it. Trust is a yeah. thing that is earned. It is not given. Hmm. Well, I mean, he's put Desir on uh, the next mission. He said so. I heard him say it. He certainly is. Good for you. Thank you. Callista, make a perception check. Eleven. Okay. Uh, all that you catch as your eye kind of traces across the room. Uh, there's a doorway that they're all sort of facing away from as they're sort of looking at you or at each other. And then you're angled on the wall where you can see that door. You see just a flash for a moment in the doorway of like a, a white blonde silver <laughs> and then it's gone. I'll wait for about five seconds, and then I'll kind of push off the wall, kind of look at them a little bit longer, and then turn around and walk out of the room. Okay. I want to follow her. I thought so. All right. But at a, at a, at a reasonable <laughs> distance. 
Go ahead. I, I uh, wink to Ogan before I leave. And Ogan is like nodding, like, yeah, this is your chance. <laughs> All right. So you're going to make a stealth check test. Oh, Jesus. And then Callista, as you're heading out of here, um, these hallways actually like will cut through sort of the study or there's like a library area that Lucian has. Is that a 20? I got a nat 20. Plus nat 10. 20 we never 10. rolled this high in our actual <laughs> game. Yeah, we gotta save this for in case we actually gotta kill someone. I'm rolling my I'm rolling my evil test dice. That's the difference. All right, so you follow. Uh, Callista has no idea with her 11 perception that you are trailing her slowly in the shadows. So Callista, as you are heading through the library area, uh, make one other perception check for me. Twenty-six. Oh, just enough. I was looking for a twenty-five, so that she oh. just barely get in here. <laughs> so Callista, as you're walking past one of the the small nooks, like alcoves on the side here. There's a, a hand that darts out to grab your arm. And luckily, you see just barely who it is before they tug you in there, because otherwise, you might have done something that would be regrettable. But you do instantly recognize that this is Theris as he pulls you into the alcove. And instantly, one hand goes to your hip and he pulls you into a warm kiss. I put my hand on his chest. And- <laughs> Not here. And he smirks. Do you have a death wish? I would not love such a dangerous woman if I didn't have something of a death wish. That is cool. Let's find somewhere more private. I think so too. But I wanted to make sure you were all right. Why would I not be all right? I knew you would be all right. I'm not doubting you, but... I still feel some relief when you come back. Well, I, I cannot say that is not nice to hear. At least someone is glad to see me when I come back. They're not hassling you again, are they? <clears throat> when have they ever not? They are jealous. They, they don't understand. I think the problem is that they do understand in some ways. And in other ways, it is far too easy for them to blame their own shortcomings on advantages they think that I gain because I share blood with Lucian. It's true. They think that you eclipse their greatness. They only see the darkness. And he would say, they don't see my me. And you would know at least that elven word because he's told you what it means many times. And it means fair night or a night of stars. Um, It's a word for night in Elvish that has no connotations of gloom or fear, but beauty instead. (laughs) My God. And Tess, (laughs) Tess, as you are creeping through the library, you are catching every word of this and you position yourself in a place where you can see into the shadows where Callista indeed 
is standing quite close to this figure Theris that you know of as a about 20-year-old half-elven rogue who's a member of the Steel Brotherhood. He's been a member here for about a year. And physically, he's a direct contrast to everything that Callista is. He's sort of light to her dark. So he has white blonde hair, very pale skin, and light eyes as well. And he would finally draw back from her, but he would grab your hand and kiss it very quickly before dropping it and say, how long do you have? I have probably 45 minutes. Can they be mine? I have a few things that I would like to uh, discuss with you before I leave. Of course. I will find you later then. Maybe five minutes? Yes. Okay. And he will give you a small smirk and you would see that the eyes of those you just saw and talked to in the other room were those of the hardened criminals here in the Brotherhood. And maybe it's because he hasn't been with this group for very long, but there are moments like now where his eyes, not as hard, seem to gentle just for you, just for a moment. <laughs> and he lets you go. Before he walks away, I kind of <laughs> snag his hand. He stops. After kind of like looking over my shoulder to see if I see anyone. And um, assuming she's, assuming Tess is still here. Yeah, she's still net 20 hidden. <laughs> Between the books, looking through. We will not always sneak around, you and I. Soon. We are going to leave here. Oh. We're not going to look back. I believe that. I let him go. And he gives another sort of dazed smile. <laughs> And then the two of them head out, uh, staggered a few minutes apart. Um, Tess, you are left with this information. I'm, okay. So Tess stands there and she's kind of stunned. And, cause she's had her suspicions, but she's never seen it. Yup. And not only is this damaging to us as a team, uh -huh. it, it, Tess has no one. And the fact that not only does Callista have everything, she has him. That is, she immediately goes and wants to talk to Lucian. Okay. And you will head back as Callista heads to her room. Mm -mm. And you will pass through the, uh, the room again where the uh, darts game is still going on and Barty's still telling his story. But I give stops. Definitely <laughs> open in the back where the darts. <laughs> Yeah, he's like trying to pull it out, but he's having a hard time ah, like reaching back ah, there and get it just, out. Just it's in my lumbar. It's in my lumbar region. Mortimer is just straight up headache, rubbing his temples, listening to this story. Yeah, and at this point, my uh, my my parrot on my shoulder is repeating the like the end of my sentences for emphasis. So he mm -hmm. says, "We were right there. Yes, right there." <laughs> I say, yes, Mr. Tinker, you tell him. <laughs> took his leg, they did. Took his leg. <laughs> took his leg. Took his leg. So Ogan stops with the dart in his hand as you enter Tess, and he says, what's that look on your face? What's that mean? I have this tiniest, and Ogan does not see it very often, a smile. 
And I just say, and he darts to your side. <laughs> Not put it's puts a dart Ow. in your side, but brushes to your side. Bad right. choice of words. <laughs> I just say, I just say, we've got something. And his eyes widen. You sure? Daddy. <laughs> I knew you could do it. I knew she could do it. We should tell Lucian. Is it something you could tell Lucian? Oh, yes. I believe so. All right. You should go now. He's still in there. I kind of like take Ogan by the elbow and I like squeeze his elbow and I'm like, I'll be right back. All right. And you all heard that exchange, at least. If you want to say or do anything about it, it is up to you, but you did hear it as she heads towards the door to Lucian's hall. Oh, God. Mortimer doesn't give a shit. Mortimer <laughs> 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 doesn't give a shit. That's about right. He's, That's about what I would expect. He's just wishing that he was in his lab and not listening to these buffoons. Party's yeah, pretty wrapped still up in stuck story. Here. You guys have a mission briefing that's supposed to be happening like within half an hour, 45 minutes. So <laughs> you guys are stuck waiting around. Okay. Well, Tess, you are going to go into Lucian's office in that case. Uh-huh. Uh, Cause you would see that he's not in the receiving hall. And is his door shut? Okay. Yes. I want to, uh, I want to knock. Okay, this time there's a slightly longer pause as he is not expecting anybody to show up right now. And he says, come in. I go in very timidly. And he is still standing and he's paging through a book kind of standing next to his desk and he shuts the cover, not looking at you. Yes. My Lord, uh, I have some news that I think you will think is very important before we go out on our next mission. Uh, and I, I wanted to let you know as soon as I could. Uh, well? Uh, it, is, uh, it is quite personal, my lord. I, I, I hope uh, per- perhaps you should uh, sit down. He just slowly turns his head to look at you. <laughs> like, bitch, who the hell do you think I am? Yeah, sit down, hear news. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you feel yourself shrink from his gaze oh. as he's just staring at you. <laughs> I, okay, I don't, I'm like, it's, it's your daughter, my lord. She has taken a lover. My daughter. Yes. It is, uh, it is the man, Theris. They are planning to run away together, my lord. I I heard them talking. Tessara? Yes? I don't think it has escaped my notice how you feel about her. Friendly competition only, my lord. We've grown up together. We have trained together for years. What? Certainty do I have that what you tell me is not simply meant to get her out of your way. 
My lord, you are a very intelligent man, I know this. Surely you have seen her, surely... No flattery, be honest. You certainly have your own suspicions, my lord. You have seen her, she is... 19 years old. Otherwise she is alone. Very few can withstand that burden. The man Theris is very handsome. They disappear together often, I would say five minutes from now. Very well, so. that is enough. And he slowly turns, folding his arms as he leans against the desk. This is regrettable. And I know what course of action must be taken. And it is fitting that you shall be involved. Yes, my lord, I think so too. If what you say is true, then Theris will accompany you all on tonight's mission. But he must not return. I see. Yes. You understand what I say? I do, my lord. Perfectly. It must be staged so that she has no idea it came from one of you. Of course. It we is perhaps better if she does not even realize it until she is returned. Perhaps breaking the news to her after will allay some of her suspicions. If you speak truly, and you do this, it will serve you quite well in the Brotherhood. Do you understand? Perfectly, my lord. Thank you. That is all. I leave very quickly. Aim! Bye! Oh, God, I hate myself. Oh, God. Carrie is upset for Liz's character out of game. <laughs> oh. Oops. Oops. Look what you made me do. Look what you <laughs> Look made, what you me, made do. me do. I'm Taylor a bad guy. <laughs> All right. Meanwhile, Callista, having returned to your room, Theris does slip inside several minutes later to join you. You're certain you were not followed? Of course I wasn't followed. Were you followed? No. <laughs> Nothing gets past those eyes of yours. Least of all me. I'm snagged by them every time you walk in. I have something for you. What? I do. But you'll need to keep it hidden. Of course. It's... Foolish, and you'll hate it because it's sentimental. <laughs> Why give it to me? I don't know. I suppose to see if you'll keep something you think is foolish, just on account of me. Now I'm intrigued. <laughs> and he smiles, and he reaches in to his armor, and he pulls out uh, a very small, little, graceful-looking box. Um, it looks like it might be like porcelain on the outside or something like that. And 
um, around the outside, it has sort of a, a lovely blue pattern worked around it. And he says, for whatever reason, I thought of you. I certainly don't look at you as breakable. <laughs> so don't look at it that way. And he sets it down and he opens the top of it and it actually begins to play music from within. And you would see that there is a, a, a little figure inside who kind of goes around in a circle and they have indeed a bow and arrow that they like pull up <laughs> and go like this and then a little arrow comes off and goes on the other side and then it loops underneath as the music Aww. goes across and then fires through the air over and over again as the music <laughs> I pick it up and I look at it. I kind of turn it over in my hand. And I look at him. Open clockworks. I look at him and I say, You are right. <laughs> this foolish. And, and I smile. Gives a grin. <laughs> and I set it back on the end table. And then I grab him around the back of the neck and I kiss him. <laughs> and he kisses you and drags you into the bed where the two of you share a moment together before this mission briefing. This is fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> Sorry about it. It's wrong. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. This is Carrie Schultz again with Dice Tales Live. I just wanted to real quick throw a shout out to our awesome sponsors, Gaming Paper and Character Case, as well as our friends of the show, Sirenscape and Hero Forge. Thank you all so much for what you do, for making this show what it is, and for helping us to continue to do this thing that we love to do for our wonderful audience. And speaking of our wonderful audience, we wanted to thank you, the listener, for showing up to this special episode of Dice Tales Live. If you like what you just heard, go ahead and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch. We are Dice Tales Live on all platforms. And if you follow us over there, you can figure out how to buy our merch, as well as how to support Dog Story Theater, because that's where we got our start, and we like to support them as well. Thank you all so much for listening, and we hope to hear you back for the next episode of Dice Tales Live. Callista, A Shot in the Dark, Part 2. Thank you for listening. <laughs>